0: Shalom from Jerusalem. Welcome to another edition of My Brother's Keeper. Today we have a special guest with us from Iraq, uh, a man who leads an organization that um, has been responsible for bringing children all over the Middle East here to Israel for heart operations. But not only that, he's been involved in these different communities around the Middle East, and he'll be sharing with us from Iraq today regarding some of the events that are happening right now within his work, but also within the rest of the Middle East. But before we begin, let's begin with scripture. And today we want to focus on Jesus' attitude, Yeshua's attitude towards children, which was a big part of his ministry and also a big part of the central subject of his teaching, the kingdom of God. So from Luke 18, we read, Now they were bringing infants to him, children, that he might touch them. And when the disciples saw it, they rebuked them. But Yeshua called them to him, saying, Let the children come to me, and do not hinder them. For such belongs the kingdom of God. Truly I say to you, whoever does not receive the kingdom of God like a child shall never enter it. You know, we we talked a lot on this program about the issue of, of Christians around the world showing mutual solidarity to Christians in the Middle East, especially those that are under pressure, those communities that are minorities in these countries, and those communities that are basically at risk. And um, one of the most at-risk groups, obviously, in these countries is children, and um, So just as we begin the program, we want to acknowledge that these are some of the least of these. We're going to be talking about these children that are at risk, that are physically, but that God calls us to be part of His work in the Middle East by being His hands and feet, and touching these children as well. That's something that Jonathan Miles and the organization of Shevet Achim has been involved in. So before we begin today, let's pray that God will lead and guide our conversation and our interview and that he'll show us how we can be involved in showing solidarity to a very important segment of Christian communities and also Muslim communities around the Middle East. So, Father, in the name of Yeshua, we come to you today. We thank you for this opportunity to speak about the subject that's obviously on your heart. Because, Yeshua, when people tried to push children away, the least of these away, you said, no, no, bring them to me, because these such to these belong the kingdom of God. So, Lord, lead, lead now our, our discussion today by the Holy Spirit and make us aware of something that's happening that's literally changing hearts and lives throughout the Middle East. In the name of Yeshua. Amen. Jonathan, welcome to the program. Um, I know you're uh, speaking to us from uh, from Iraq today. And just so um, people kind of can know you, I just want to just introduce Shevet Achim is, a, is a, not only just an organization, but from my understanding and our, our work together, it's, um, it's communities that help children from Gaza, Iraq, and Syria to come to Israel for literally life-saving open-heart surgeries. And the organization is faith-based. It's uh, filled with people from all over the world that join in. And it was founded in 1994 by a small group of both foreign Christians and Israeli citizens and was drawn around the, the shared recognition that every life is created in the image of God. And that that the children of our neighbors should not be denied access to the amazing and great medical care that's available in Israel. So Jonathan, tell us a little bit of, first of all, welcome to the program, but tell us a little bit about your story. How did you get involved in this? I think you, I'm not sure that you, this was sort of the reason you came to Israel at the beginning, but just share with uh, our viewers, how did this happen?
1: Thank you, Brother Mike. It's good to be with you. Yeah, I would uh, just say at the beginning uh, we are a community, an expression of the body of Messiah. So in that sense, He is very much our head. He is the leader, and He's the one who brought all this to pass. So I'm just uh, trying Amen. to keep up with Him, and always <laughs> surprised by the twists and turns in the road. Uh, I uh, mid 20s, which is now 35 years ago, uh, came to a place of repenting and saying, Lord, I'd like a life that means something for You, and. Uh, in brief, uh, you want that? Then go and deal with all that hidden sin in your life. Really become set apart uh, for me. Uh, Went to my wife, dealt with that. We were both baptized, went to study the Word of God. And when I really got into the scriptures, particularly the Hebrew Bible and the prophets for the first time, that's when the issue of Israel really came alive for me, as I'm sure it has for many of of your viewers here. Uh, I was just so struck by... um, that this wasn't a Christian story, this was the story of the people of Israel, and the New Testament is the, the story of how we non Jews were finally blessed in Messiah to be able to enter into that beautiful story. And uh, uh, the regathering, according to the prophets, of the Jewish people from all the nations of the earth to Israel really struck me. Man, God is still at work in history, He's moving, He's fulfilling His promises now. I wanted to see it, came to Israel. Didn't fit in anywhere, total outsider. But one night in prayer, the Lord said, will you come very clearly and powerfully to me? And uh, wow. thank God he gave grace to my my wife. And uh, we were expecting our fourth baby at that point, And we came.
0: Got it. What, what Got year involved. was that? What year was that? That was 1990. Oh, OK. Excellent.
1: So also at that point, there was the great aliyah from the former Soviet Union was just hitting its peak. And uh, so I got involved with other Christians, friends of Israel, to help Mm -hmm. welcome these refugees and bless them in Jesus' name. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, we have received everything precious to us from you, and we want to return something to you. Uh, You gave us the Messiah. And uh, it was a beautiful message. I was very on focus with the Jewish people. (laughs) Their restoration, if I thought about the other peoples of the Middle East, I probably secretly in my heart felt they were some kind of obstacle to God's great purposes. (laughs) But uh, one day a non-Jewish boy came into the center where we were helping these refugees and uh, from the Ukraine and he was dying of leukemia and his mother said, "Uh, please will you help us? The Hadassah hospital says they can help him for $64,000 and we don't have any money. And uh, that's the last thing I wanted to be involved in, totally outside Mm. of what I felt was uh, my ministry for the Lord. Um, But the words of Jesus had also been at work. Don't turn away the one who asks for help. So Mm. I went down to the hospital, found the professor, hoping this story wasn't really true because I didn't know how to deal with it. But he said, no, it's true. Um, That boy will die within two months. I believe we can save him, but I have to tell you one thing. He could be dying in the doorway of our emergency room and we won't let him through the door until the last dollar has been paid. Wow. And that did, that shocked me. Um, you know, I guess we all know in principle that this happens in the world, but here was a beautiful boy <clears throat> we had in our hands, the treatment to save him. And, uh, we were just going to withhold it for whatever reason, hmm. financial reason. He's not a citizen of this state. He's not Jewish. Um, but what we found is if we would just trust the Word of God and give whatever we had, and that that's essential, I think. If we're going to intercede for people, we have to be willing to pay the cost as much as we can. But having given sure. what we can, uh, the Lord takes on the, the, the work. So all we have to do is open the door and not limit him by our lack of faith. And it was amazing to watch how saving a child's life drew people together from every background. We were joined by the Jewish people, particularly both religious and non-religious jews as well as christians and messianic jews we never would have talked to each other you never would have gotten these people in the same room but to save that boy's life (laughs) they they were all cooperating and uh, the hospital even became a partner lowered the cost and within a month this boy got his life-saving treatment and he got the message that you know what jew or
0: non-jew your life matters
1: Um, you are valuable you are loved you're worth fighting for and it was a very powerful experience
0: Excellent. Some people have said to me that some of the most um, amazing coexistence or rather cooperation between different religious backgrounds happens in Israeli hospitals. Has that been your experience?
1: Absolutely. I mean, uh, sometimes I think of it as like a little foretaste of the kingdom of heaven, because if if you can get past the admissions office, which is very hard, (laughs) (laughs) if you can get in... It's hard to get into heaven, but if you can get in, (laughs) everyone is equal. Everyone is loved and valued. There's no distinction made. And uh, for our neighbors in the Middle East, that is such Mm -hmm. medicine for their soul because they've been Mm -hmm. devalued, rejected, outcast, uh, even especially by their own cultures. Uh, Mm -hmm. You know, the poor and the insignificant, our life is worthless in the Middle East. Mm -hmm. But Mm -hmm. you get into those hospitals and they're, they're treated as if their life is... Precious, created in the image of God and worth fighting for with every tool that the doctors have. And the families always say, they treated me just like the Jewish child in the next bed. Never experienced that before.
0: So talk about your own vision of Shevet Achim. How did that happen? And and give us some background on the name. And then not just to help children, but you've also had a chance to bridge with different communities of, of ethnic background, religious backgrounds throughout the Middle East. But... The the Shevet um idea or phrase is probably unknown to most of our viewers. So just speak about that a bit.
1: You know, Mike, at first we were calling this a light to the nations. Okay, Ukrainian, uh, Israel is a light to the nations. Um, okay. But then some, some women I was working with, we started going into the Gaza Strip. Actually, they did before me. And they... They were the ones who came out and said, you know, unlike what you think, those people are so open, (laughs) so (laughs) grateful that anyone would come to them, uh, wanting to discuss spiritual things. That's the last thing I expected to hear from Gaza Strip. And when I finally got over my fear and prejudice, and it took a while, but I went into the Gaza Strip and I was just struck by... uh, an unreached people group right on our doorstep. And, and my view of the Middle East started to change. It, mm. Yes, it's still uh, Israel is the center of God's purposes in this earth, but he chose them to be a blessing to all the families of the earth. And
0: uh, and
1: particularly the, those sons of Abraham, our neighbors in the Middle East, are loved for the sake of their father. <laughs> they have a covenant in the Torah as well of uh, not the same covenant, but they have yeah. promises, great promises to them. That's right. And, And they're invited, like us non-Jews, to enter into the covenant with Israel, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Uh, At at that point, we started bringing kids out of the Gaza Strip. There was a heart surgeon in Israel who had a program to do surgeries for non-Israeli kids. And uh, he was a man of faith. I need to mention him because he pushed us. He couldn't reach the kids in Gaza by himself. Israeli doctors need us, actually, us outsiders, us foreigners, us Christians, to go places they can't go, like Gaza, like Iraq, like finding Syrian refugees. Right. Uh, but he pushed us. Bring us more kids. Don't worry about the money. God will take care of that. Just bring us the kids. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so great. we did. And, uh, wow. <clears throat> wonderful to see them loved and embraced by the doctors in Israel. And mm. at a certain point, that's when I realized, you know, we need to change the name of this. This isn't light to the nations anymore. Mm. We're focused on the Middle East. Mm. This is something happening within the family, the Abrahamic family. And uh, at that point, yeah, yeah. Shevet Achim, which uh, Psalm 133, many of us know the song, Hine tov, um, na'im gam yachad. Uh, Look how beautiful it is when brothers will live together in unity. Mm -hmm. And uh, let's just challenge ourselves and the people of Israel to expand that term of brothers a little bit That's not just, you know, your fellow Jew. It's like Jesus uh, answering, who is my neighbor? Well (laughs) It's this enemy so-called and uh, Mm -hmm. the same is true of this idea of brothers that um, let's look upon the people of the Middle East the peoples of the Middle East whether they're Arabs, Kurds, Berbers, uh, Egyptians, whatever, uh, let's look upon them as, as brothers as well.
0: Yeah, excellent. Wow. I mean, it's in some ways we're seeing, and we'll talk about this hopefully near the end of the program, but it's part of this, this Abrahamic covenant that's expanded in the, new, in the new covenant, really, that includes all the nations of the earth. But it takes, as you're saying, I, I appreciate your testimony, because it takes courage to cross a border, it takes a little bit of faith to cross the border, and it takes, in a sense, you know, sort of uh, breaking through some of your preconceived ideas and a lot of times your fear. Now, you've gone from Gaza now into other parts of the Middle East. Talk about that. How did that happen? And, and where's the main focus of your work today? Just, you know, just briefly.
1: <clears throat> well, thank God that channel from Gaza has remained open since uh, mid-90s until present. Mm. Uh, I was just on the phone 15 minutes ago, an emergency baby in Gaza. Nowhere to uh-huh. go going to die if she can't get into israel and uh it's still the case uh, even after all these years that if we won't be the ones to stand up and say yeah we'll take responsibility in partnership with the israeli hospitals we're basically Mm -hmm. splitting the costs with them wow um that baby's going to be on the way today in an Mm -hmm. icu ambulance to the sheba medical center in israel so uh, thank god God. it's continuing from gaza Mm -hmm. my family and i lived there for a number of years so eventually violence got to Bad, we had to leave, and mm-hmm. and the our friends at the Interior Ministry in Israel uh, even helped me to leave Israel uh, with a free <laughs> plane ticket as I was deported. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, uh, but praise the Lord, He works through those things. That put us. Uh, we ended up landing in Jordan, and um, mm-hmm. then the Gulf War broke out, and then uh, Iraq opened up uh, after the war. Uh, total disaster. All the kids dying here who needed heart surgery, and. Uh, coming, and I again, I didn't have faith at first. Could they really come to Israel? There's never been any connection between Israel and Iraq. And but it took one dying little two day old baby um, on our website. You can see the whole video of what happened with this miracle after miracle. Mm. If we don't limit God by our unbelief, he'll he can do anything. And uh, wow, this little baby got there, and since then, many more have followed in her footsteps.
0: Excellent. You know, one of the things that we've talked about and, and you've you've made mention to it, I've, I've always tried to kind of get a term to phrase it, but it's almost as if God is using the international Christian community that softened its heart in Israel, but then understand the rest of the Middle East and it's important in the Abrahamic family to build a relational bridge in which the gospel, which Yeshua actually can then walk back and forth between these different communities. And it's almost like a secret kind of, it's an unknown story in the rest of the Middle East. You're one organization. I know two or three or four different other organizations that are also a relational bridge between Jews and Muslims around the Middle East. And it's, it's part of that very, you know, that, that, that those verses in Isaiah 19 that we both, you know, love and, and, and cherish and, and are believing for and praying for of a highway between these nations, with Israel right. included, that will bless all the nations of the earth. And yet it's happening through your organization, just, you know, almost like with these somewhat, these least of the least, you know, these children that maybe have no hope or anything like that. So it, what, I, what I appreciate is that, you know, now people are starting to understand the importance of this. And, you know, just as Shevet Achim is not only just an organization, but you, you have a vision to kind of build communities of support around the Middle East. You want to talk, how did that sort of happen? What was that vision of just kind of seeing communities come together?
1: Let me say, yeah, you know, Mike, uh, I want to say this very clearly and as strongly as I can to our Christian friends who love Israel. If we want to be a blessing to Israel, we have to love their neighbors. That is the, that is the thing that's most on the hearts of the people of Israel. Is if only we could make peace with our neighbors. If only we could... Um, have relationship with them. If we come into the Middle East and we say, yeah, it's us and the people of Israel against all these enemies, we're not a blessing to them. Mm -hmm. We need to provoke them and support them to step out into their calling to be a blessing uh, to these neighbors. And that will bring joy and life. uh, Mm -hmm. Even that's the end of Psalm 133, life forevermore. So um, community-based approach, we are recognizing that, not a single one of us has the, um, you know, which one of us has all the gifts of the Spirit of God? Uh, and none of us. He gives his gifts to each member as he chooses. It's very true. And we are so much stronger when we join together. Yes. Uh, Amen. E- even our ministry is, is uh, we try to be a worshiping, praying, discipling community of volunteers uh, in Israel. Mm-hmm. Um, first of all you know we have all this work to do crises hospital visits and <laughs> first two hours of every day we say no we're going to sit and we're going to pray we're going to worship and we're going to read the word of god together and then we're going to get to the crises <laughs> and that is so important uh that's what yeah. holds our work together i mean thank god somehow miraculously we've kept going for 25 excellent. plus years um,
0: excellent excellent i mean i i've been i've had the privilege to to visit your communities and work with people in your organization. And I do think it's important. You know, as your work has expanded, I, I, I mean, I wanna make people aware and we're gonna add the website and things like that so they can see what Shevet Achim is doing. It's Uh, for all those who wanna just get a chance to look at it and maybe even contribute or be involved or pray for these children. But you know, one of the things that was so impactful for me is one day I was in an elevator and I, I tell this story many times. I was with a Knesset member. We were. Uh, talk, I was talking to his aide, and he said, "You know, the work of Shevet Achim that brings these children from all over the Middle East, appearing from Syria, from Iraq, from Jordan, from Gaza to Israel for heart operations, it's more valuable to the state of Israel than ten ambassadorial budgets around the world." And this was something said by the Prime Minister of Israel. And yet, you, yet even in the midst of this acknowledgement of this bridge that's so crucial. To bring people together that's actually in the hearts, as you're saying, of many Israelis, and you could testify as well, it's in the hearts of many people in these nations. Still, you face incredible challenges and opposition. And, uh, you know, it's, 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 it's amazing to me that you would think that, you know, most of the people would do what they can to make this happen. But yet there are huge challenges to making this work. I mean, we've talked about the financial aspect, but more than that, there are other challenges you face. Maybe just share some of those challenges uh, that you've had to face along the way.
1: Well, just as we need to work together as believers in community, uh, it's actually true of the people of Israel and us. They, they need us uh, just as we need them, uh, spiritually but also practically. As mm-hmm. as we've uh, mentioned, uh, this whole thing can't work in the Middle East. We can't really find these children from all these different regions where mostly Jewish and Israeli, particularly Israeli uh, citizens, aren't free to travel. They, they need us to work together. Mm-hmm. There's also a... Uh, a spiritual piece to that, that um, they need us to have faith in their calling and mm. in their gut um, and to challenge them as we challenge ourselves. So let, let's move beyond the, the old religious uh, limitations, which in which we we see, uh, you know, our people as the people of God and everyone else are these un- unloved and unwanted outsiders. We Christians have done it. <laughs> um, the Muslim people do it. Uh, the Jewish people can do it as well. So there, sometimes there are pressures even within Israel to say, you know, we need to think about ourselves. It's human nature, isn't it? We need to put ourselves first. So, Mm -hmm. um, occasionally there is some, some friction, um, in the, the relationship with the interior ministry. For example, there was a period earlier this year where, um, kids weren't getting into Israel as quickly as, as they needed. And, um, Mm-hmm. Came to a point where I felt, you know, I need to speak up publicly about this and, and, and wow. challenge uh, those those kids don't have time their Their lives are at stake. And uh, doing that um, created some tension and yeah. um, some rejection. So. Yeah. That's one reason I'm speaking to you from Iraq and not from <laughs> Israel right now.
0: <laughs> what about in the um, nations around the Middle East? Have you, um, with your connection, your, obviously your open connection with Israel, they know you're connected with you, they know you're bringing the children. What's been the response of, you know, because most of these are Muslim-majority nations, how have they responded to your work in Gaza, and in, uh, in Syria, in Iraq, in Jordan?
1: I could tell you stories from Gaza that you wouldn't believe of um, the humble, common, suffering people there and how they... Looks to Israel as a source of hope and is a wow. sort of an example. And if only we could be like that. Uh, so
0: wow.
1: um, for decades, treatment in Israel has been the lifeline for the people of Gaza. So very, uh, they, they understand. Yeah, they understand. Um, what about in Iraq was,
0: with the whole situation right now? Because you don't have actually relations between the countries. And yet right now, there's, uh, Iraq is changing. I mean, it's a, there's a, some new things. Talk about that a little bit.
1: Yeah, I was I was so surprised when that first baby came from here uh, 18 years ago. It was a Kurdish baby, and I didn't really understand who were the Kurds at that point. And uh, but as we've gotten to know them, somehow for some mysterious reason, they love Israel. (laughs) Yeah. Some of it you can understand. All right, they have you know they're like a minority with common uh, persecutors in the region, and you know they also identify with what what has happened with israel right as a minority
0: as a minority people in the middle east even though they're muslims they're still under threat and then even the kurdish christian community is under threat there as well
1: right but uh, what what happened for example just in these last couple of weeks uh the uh, arab iraqi community the sunni community in particular stepped up uh, mm-hmm. right it was in the news yes, and they said yeah. Uh, we also want to be part of this relationship we want normalization with Israel think of the benefits and blessings that will flow if we will come into relationship with the Jewish people and uh, wow. trem- tremendous courage on their part to gather mm-hmm. here in Arbil and uh, make that declaration mm-hmm. and tremendous backlash <laughs> right you know they' They were fired. Their lives were threatened. There's arrest warrants. Their pictures are up at every checkpoint. Find these people, <laughs> these <laughs> oh terrorist
0: criminals who dare to call for peace with Israel. So there is there is a there is a huge price to be paid in all of this. We know because it's it's something that goes against the you know the 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 stand of the government, which is against the you know a, a Jewish state in the middle of the Muslim majority. Listen, Jonathan, we want to spend some time just in the, at the end for, for how can people pray? How can they support? How can they be involved? I mean, just even your testimony is enough to help people shift their their ideas about the Middle East and about the people and what they really want, what they're really crying for. But how can people be practically involved? I mean, share about some of the things that you, know, that you can do to help your organization or just around and how they can pray for the, in the, for the Middle East.
1: Right. You know, Mike... Uh And this is probably true of ministry in general. Money is the last issue. So it's not, oh, we need your financial support. Uh, (laughs) The Israeli hospitals do need our support. They take uh, more than half the costs on themselves, but they look to us to cover the other half. And uh, we, in turn, uh, we we never have any money, but we do have faith in God. So we say, Lord, we're not going to hold back. If there's a child whose life is at risk, we're going to bring them, even though we're just taking on uh, financial commitments that we don't know how we're going to meet. And at the end of each year... Uh, and this is a testimony, I believe, to the people of Israel. At the end of each year, uh, God is faithful to meet those commitments that we've undertaken in his name and in the name of Messiah. So I praise God for that. We trust him for that. So we're not, we're not really worried about that. He, he's, he comes through. But what what can people do? Um, we try to put every child's story on the, on the net so that people can follow and pray and intercede. Yeah and give Amen. towards those kids as the Lord leads. Mm-hmm. Um, but more than that, we really welcome people to come out and uh, and actually be here and work alongside of us. And
0: excellent.
1: almost everyone first thought is, well, I'm not qualified to do that. But the truth is none of us are qualified. Uh, the only thing the Lord looks for is someone who, who cares, who's, who's willing to stand in the gap. Amen. Can you wrap your arms around a a, a family with a baby who's Going through a life-saving heart surgery, can you sit with them outside the operating room for six, seven hours
0: <laughs> Yeah,
1: without common language, but just being there and praying? Um, those things go right to the heart of our neighbors.
0: Jonathan, thank you for that challenge, and not only to just give, uh, which is important, and not only to pray, but even willing to become to this part and be a part of the answer in the Middle East and to be part of Yeshua's hands and feet. Can you just pray for our audience Uh, that are looking that maybe what part they should play in all of this
1: Mm. i will thank you we are uh, your children we are laborers in your vineyard and uh, lord we offer ourselves first come and change our hearts and our lives and use us, lord in whatever place whatever way you call us lord this is your work our eyes are lifted to you lord we are nothing against this multitude that comes against us lord but you can do all things so we Bless you and praise your name. ask you to speak by your Holy Spirit to each one of us in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.
0: Amen. Jonathan, thank you for joining us. It's been an incredible time of just learning and revelation. And thank you for your testimony and your work. Thank you again for joining us here on My Brother's Keeper. I'm Michael Karam and Shalom from Jerusalem.